Hi, Women of Strength, it's Megan here. I wanted to share a tip in making sure that you have the right nutrients during your breathing years. When our bodies are growing babies, we tend to lack nutrients we need more than ever. I personally love Needed. They spent over three years developing their prenatal vitamins and work every day to perfect it through ongoing clinical insights and research. They just go above and beyond to deliver the right amount of everything you need at different stages. Most of my clients end up switching their prenatals as soon as they look at needed supplements, facts, and ingredients. I personally take their products, including women's multi, digestive enzymes, the immune support, and more. I truly can tell a difference from how I felt before to how I feel now. Click the link in the show notes and receive 20% off and use code VBAC20. That is VBAC20. Or you can visit thisisneeded.com. Now off to today's episode. Welcome to the VBAC link, everybody. I am just so happy. I love reviews so much and want to encourage anyone who, you know, has been maybe with us for a while or has been listening to let us know your thoughts. Tell us how the VBAC link, you know, tell us what you think about the VBAC link. So today, before we get into this review, I wanted to introduce our guest today and her name is sabrina hello hi oh it's so fun to be here with you today she jumped on and she's like whoa this is like so crazy you were in my ear and now we're here (laughs) yeah it is crazy it's so awesome though i love like i love when our guests come on and they're like i've literally been listening to you for so many years like this is so surreal like it's so fun and it's just such an honor to have you guys on um, sharing your stories because I want you to know that you guys are the reason why this podcast is amazing. Just saying, like these storytellers are the reason why the VBAC link is incredible. And all these professionals that come on, they make this podcast what it is. Um, so I'll get into this review and then we'll get into your story. This is from Alicia Hall or Aaliyah, Aaliyah Holland. This was back in 2023, and it says, love the host. Oh, that makes my heart sing. Um, Sing and smile. Apparently, my my heart does a lot of things. Um, It says, I'm 35 weeks pregnant, planning on an all-natural VBAC in the hospital. I've been listening to a few different podcasts, but keep coming back to this show. The host is very interactive and nice to listen to. Format is a good blend of birth stories as well as good education. Oh. That makes me happy. And that is exactly what we do want to have on the on the podcast is the birth stories and the education. So if you are out there and you are listening and you are a birth educator or you are a midwife or you are an OB or maybe an anesthesiologist and you work really heavily in the birth world and you think it'd be cool to come on to the podcast and talk about some education points, we would love that. Always feel free to reach out at info at the vbacklink.com. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. 
Okay, cute Sabrina. We are talking about two very dramatically different stories today within your own birth stories. And I want to kind of just, I don't know if we need necessarily, uh, what's the word? Like a trigger warning necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I think it's really important to talk about how sometimes things just don't go as planned. But then like what we can overcome and how we can grow through experiences and have really, really great experiences. And um, I was just telling Sabrina this before she got on in her note at the bottom is like as a reminder to this community that like if something doesn't go as planned, that doesn't mean you failed. And I love that message so much because I think so many times in this community, we do feel that feeling. And sometimes we don't even just feel it. We're told. Definitely. Right. We are told. So I want to turn the time over to you to share your stories. Perfect. Okay. Well, I have two little babies. They're two years apart. And um, yeah, so I'll just start obviously with my C-section story. I went into birth thinking I'm young. I can do it. (laughs) You know, like this is easy. This is what I'm made to do. So Everything with my pregnancy with my first daughter like was great. Um, nothing really happened. And then at my 32-week midwife appointment, we were listening on a Doppler and her heart actually skipped some beats. Hmm. And it was like, it didn't come to anything, but it kind of plays into the story a little later. And I was just kind of like, what's what's that? Like, why can I yeah. notice this? Like, Admiralities here. Yeah, I can hear it. So obviously something is going on and... We did an ultrasound and everything was fine. So no worries there. Um, my labor started pretty good. I woke up, had that weird feeling that it was coming. My dog was following me around and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, like this is the Something's day. happening. Yes. The baby is coming. My husband was at work. So I just kind of labored at home. My contractions actually came on right away at 10 minutes apart and progressed like that. So he came home probably around four o'clock in the afternoon and we live... 45 minutes from a city with a hospital of birth at. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, we should probably go to the city now. We go there. I actually had to labor at my in-laws. So that was quite fun because they're asking you, like, do you want water? Do you want food? I'm like, I want to be left alone right now. (laughs) (laughs) So we stayed there till about 9 p.m. Um, My midwife was called and she was like, oh, you're only three centimeters. I was like, okay. So she's like, we'll see you later tonight. And I was like, all right. My husband went to bed. 1.30 comes. I've been walking around for the last four hours. And I was like, okay, it's now. <laughs> yeah, like it has to be time now, right? Like I can go to the hospital. So she comes. She's like, yeah, you're five centimeters. We can go. Oh, that's my little baby. <laughs> okay. We uh, called one hospital that we were supposed to go to, and they were actually full. Um, ah. Yeah, and it's a blessing in disguise because we ended up going to the hospital, like the more, like a level one trauma hospital, mm-hmm. so more advanced and actually probably helped with what happened to us. Mm-hmm. And um, we go there. I'm still feeling good, going through the motions. I wasn't progressing very fast. So this is where kind of the interventions start. 
she asks if she wants me to if I want her to break my water I obviously had no idea I thought that was normal so I was like yeah go ahead and so she did and then as things do they progressed quite quickly from there that was probably like three in the morning we got to about six in the morning and I was ready for an epidural Mm -hmm. I was like, this is way more than I imagined. I've already been going at this now for tired. Yeah, 20 ish hours. So let's let's do it. He came in. Everything was great. I felt great after that. And I was like, okay, I can I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my contractions went from, you know, a minute apart to 10 minutes apart. (laughs) And uh, I was like, okay, well, what do I didn't know any better so I was just Mm -hmm. chilling and my midwife eventually was like okay we have to do something right they wanted to they wanted to encourage labor to continue forward quicker yeah exactly and I had no idea so I was like yeah let's let's do something so an OB comes in we do Pitocin we start it everything's going fine she had a few minor dips so they took it off and mm-hmm. it wasn't like anything too concerning. They're like, okay, well, we'll put, and it, and she wasn't like recovering great after we took it off either. Mm-hmm. So we'll put in an internal monitor. Uh, like the one that screws I you Oh, an FSC. Yeah. Beetle uh, scalp electrode. Yeah. So just because like she wasn't recovering, they didn't know if it was because they couldn't find her with like the belly ones or mm-hmm. anything like that, or she was moving. I was like, okay, so we've had it off for a little while and just hung out until she mm-hmm. seemed stable. And I was still at like seven centimeters. Nothing oh. had changed, but still that's good. Yeah. It just wasn't like fast enough. So mm-hmm. they come back in they're like, Hey, we're going to start again. And this is probably one thirty. And I was like, okay, let's start it. So they turn it on and probably within like five minutes, there's absolutely no heartbeat so we have two mm. monitors on they can't find her so scary yeah and i'm obviously hysterical because i can hear the machine not beeping i'm yeah. like there's nothing there and at that point i think like 15 people ran into the room and this one nurse comes running in and she's like or right now and i was i had no idea this mm-hmm. was even an option So we get to the OR and all I remember is like this one nurse introducing herself to me and her name was also Sabrina. And she's like, okay, honey, here we go. And I was like, here we go. What? What? Yeah. Like, where's the baby? What's going on? She's like, you're under general aesthetic. Your husband can't come in. This is happening right now. And obviously I'm bawling my eyes out because I think my baby is no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. Super dramatic. And then my husband comes in and he's crying. He's like, I can't be in here. I can only give you a kiss. Like, this is it. Good luck. And I was like, okay. Um, and they're kind of taking a long time. It, it like seems like a long time in the thing, but honestly, it's probably quicker. Yeah. They're like doing everything. Like, I could feel them putting the iodine on my stomach. Like, yeah. everything like that. And my midwife is like, Sabrina, babies are born two ways, vaginally or C-section. You're having this baby. It's going to be fine. And then that's really all I remember. Mm, knocked out um, after that. Yeah. So mask on, obviously. You're under general anesthetic. And uh, yeah, I wake up. We didn't know the sex of the baby. And mm. I had no idea I had a baby. <laughs> like, 
I wake up and they're like, Sabrina, you had a baby. And I was like, I did what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had what? And they're like, yeah, she's with her dad. And I, I was like, mm-hmm. she, it's a girl. And that's mm-hmm. like, that feeling is like the only, like the best feeling I had in the whole world. Like she was perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with her heart at all. It's just wasn't handling the Pitocin and they got her out quick enough that they didn't have to do any resuscitation or wow. anything like that. Yeah. What she were was her Apgars? Do you remember? I don't know, but she got to go be with her dad right away. Interesting. Um, yeah. I have actually a video of her screaming that my midwife took. And I was like, that's hmm. actually crazy. Like that, that she is very crazy. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what was going on and she didn't have any NICU stay or anything. She was perfect. So they wheel me out. Obviously, I am not coherent very well. And my husband's just mm-hmm. holding her and he's like, this is our baby. And I was like, it's a girl. And he was like, yeah, it is. She's perfect. Everything was great. I ended up having a hemorrhage during surgery. And oh. I had to, yeah had to stay for a while luckily i didn't need a blood transfusion just like iron infusions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah that was it and i went home so i had the baby on saturday and i went home on tuesday so oh, okay. yeah everything was pretty good and uh that was my c-section story obviously my midwife was like everything that could go wrong went wrong but mm-hmm. you came out of it fine and so did she yeah fast forward i didn't want another baby (laughs) i was like i didn't didn't think it was like trauma i was just didn't want one i and i couldn't relate the two until i ended Mm -hmm. up with our surprise baby um (laughs) three weeks before we were supposed to get married (laughs) oh my gosh yeah we had a destination wedding plan in mexico and uh i had a surprise pregnancy Hi, Women of Strength. I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you why we pick needed to partner with over other brands. While I started diving deeper into supplements to suggest to my clients and truly take personally, I felt overwhelmed. There are a lot of brands out there and they're all great, but needed always stood out to me. Needed truly takes the lead for me over other brands because of many reasons. Just to list a few, they are third party tested formulated by experts, clinically tested, and they provide optimal nutrients. They truly have supplements for all stages of life. I have had clients ask me after hearing the podcast truly what my opinion is, and I'm here to tell you 100% needed. Give yourself and your baby radically better nutrition with needed supplements and enjoy 20% off on us. Use code VBAC20, that is V-B-A-C-20, at checkout. And if you've made the switch, I'd love to know what you thought. You can click the link in the show notes or visit thisisneeded.com to get started today. Really, it really struck me then that the reason I didn't want a baby is I didn't want that fear of happening again. So Mm -hmm. I immediately started research and um, I was listening to actually a different podcast that you guys were a guest on. Oh, yeah, all about pregnancy and birth with Dr. Rankins. 
Yeah, Nicole. Yeah. yeah, you guys were a guest. And then I was like, oh, I should listen to them. Like, <laughs> And I was probably like four weeks pregnant. And I listened to every single episode on my drive to work every day. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. And it just gave me like the encouragement to go for it. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we went ahead and we were trying for a VBAC. All my family was like, mm, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is what I want. This is, I don't want to recover with a toddler and a newborn. I, my husband has to work. Like, what mm-hmm. am I going to do? So I was definitely questioned like a lot on it. But something the OB told me after my C-section, he's like, you're a great candidate for a VBAC because what went wrong wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong. I mean, the too small pelvis kind of thing that they say, there's nothing there that was bad. It was just her. Mm-hmm. So his pregnancy was great. I was anemic. I had iron infusions before labor so (laughs) if anything was to happen we would be prepared for that my midwife was super supportive i came in like at 10 weeks with all the questions that i heard on the v-back link like what about induction like she's like we don't induce till 41 and 3 um what about all these other things and she was like no this is what you want to do you're fine and i was like love that Oh, okay. So if anyone needs a midwife up in Canada, in Calgary, Alberta specifically, uh, Origins Midwifery, they're great. <laughs> so everything went good. My first came early. So of course, when your second one comes late, you're just, it's hard. I was 40 mm-hmm. weeks pregnant. I had, had been having prodromal labor for like two oh. weeks. Oh. <laughs> and I was waking up every night around the same time with contractions and I was like okay today's the day okay today's the day yeah (laughs) darn prodromal labor yeah my husband came home one week before it actually happened and was like okay like let's go and I was like oh now they're stopped (laughs) (laughs) sorry babe but I was doing the 10,000 steps every day I was I ate all the dates I ate all the things just to make sure that I didn't go through this again i was like i am yeah. ready like yeah I, you did all the things to prepare yeah literally everything i could do i did and so 40 and 3 comes it's like one in the morning and i wake up with contractions again and i was like okay like this has to be it like we're overdue now let's go yeah i wake up i'm like okay wait it out they're not super strong but again they start 10 minutes apart I had a midwife appointment that day as well. Oh. So I was like, do I call her right now mm-hmm. and be like, cancel your day? Or do I wait it out? And my midwife appointment was like early afternoon. So I dropped off my toddler, went there and I was like, okay, hey, I'm definitely in early labor. It's been 12 hours now. It's mm-hmm. one o'clock. I'm having contractions consistently for 10 minutes. I, you know, I've tried a shower to stop them. I've gone out of the house tried to scare them away they're not stopping they're not stopping she's like okay well let's do a check and i was like sure like let's let's do a check and she's like okay well you are one centimeter dilated <laughs> I was like, are you kidding like i've been doing yeah. this 
for two weeks already and now 12 hours at this i'm only one centimeter dilated mm-hmm. and she was like yes but i can feel the contractions and i was like okay she's like so i will see you later and i was like okay but like, like okay <laughs> a week later or like tonight later mm-hmm. um so we went home uh she did do a sweep oh okay point, just to see if it would stretch at all and she said it did I don't know what it did, but I went home and I was like, okay, I'll just keep going through it. They hadn't stopped still 10 minutes apart. My husband came home at his normal time. There was no real rush. We hung out, like made dinner. It was like our last dinner as a family of three. And I was super emotional about it. And we put our kid to bed. And then I was like, I can't sleep. Like they're already strong enough Mm. that I'm not sleeping. So now... I've been going at this all day already. <laughs> One in the morning comes and I've decided, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a shower. Like they're getting pretty strong. I'm going to try listening to hypnobirthing tracks. I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. Yeah. I called my midwife and I was like, okay, like things are changing. They're five minutes apart. Again, we live 45 minutes from a hospital. So she was like, well, do you want me to come check you or do you think you can keep waiting? I was like, um, <laughs> that's really not- cool that she's willing to come check you even out or like come see you. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't, I don't want you to drive all the way here and then have to drive all the way home mm-hmm. and then drive to the hospital in a few hours. I was right. like, I'll just keep going. She's like, try another bath, try another shower. So I sent my husband back to bed and I was like, okay, I'll just keep going. So I kept going and I was actually in my daughter's room. She was sleeping in our room and I was over her rocking chair, like just Mm -hmm. on my hands, on my knees with my hands over. And this is probably like 3.30 in the morning. And I felt this weird change, which I learned later was my water breaking, Mm. but there was no, there was no water. Like it was like a weird feeling. And I was like, oh, like, that's, that's really weird. Um, yeah. And so then I just kept walking around and I just had more mucusy discharge. So I was like, okay, this is not good now. It's five in the morning. My husband's still sleeping. I was like, it's time to wake up. Like, <laughs> I am out here moaning through them. We need to go to the city. Like, <laughs> we yeah. are ready to go. So we call her. She's like, okay, it, they sound different. And I told her about the water and she was like, okay, and there's no fluid. And I was like, no, like, I don't, like, there's nothing coming out. And so she meets us there at the hospital and it's 6 a.m. at this point. She's like, we'll check you. And I was like, great. And she says, I don't see your bag of waters, but I can't confirm they're broken. Mm. I was like, I, oh, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're only four centimeters. And I was like, mm. are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, super like, frustration. Yeah, 24 hours of consistent contractions, and I'm only four centimeters? Like, what? Yeah. And she was like, okay, because you're not coping well and you live this far away, we're going to admit you. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> and so <laughs> we got admitted. I was doing all the walking, everything like that in our room. And by eight o'clock, she checked me and I was seven centimeters. And I was like, Hmm. oh, okay. Two hours and I am four centimeters further along. Great. Like, Mm -hmm. let's keep going. So 
I was at the point where they were just, they were so bad and I was so tired and I was like, okay, I want an epidural. My midwife's like, you just made it from four to eight in a few hours. Keep going. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like over the bed, on the toilet, everywhere I could go. And now it's 12 o'clock and I was like, okay, I'm dying. I'm so tired. I'm sure. yeah. Yeah. I was like, I... I'm like crying at this point. I need an epidural. She's like, hey, let me check you. And I was like, okay. She's like, you're still eight centimeters. And I was like, what? Like, there's no way. Like, how did I progress so quick mm-hmm. to here from four to eight? And now I'm just stuck. And she's like, okay, give yourself a time. Like, give yourself a time limit until you can't do it anymore. And I was like, okay, I'll go till two o'clock. Like two more mm-hmm. hours. I will just fight through this. And at that point, if I'm not any different, call them. Two o'clock rolls around and I was like, okay, I'm just going to push it a little longer. Like, I really want it. 2.45, I was like, all right, like, where am I at? She's like, you're Mm -hmm. still eight. So we call the anesthesiologist in. And like, I had been doing all the labor positions. Like, I was on my hands and knees. I tried the peanut ball. I tried like a birthing ball. Mm -hmm. Um... And nothing was just helping. Did, did you know his position? Did anyone, when she checked, did she, could she tell he, position she just, at all? Not really. Like he was just there. Um, and then like that does play in. He does become asynclinic mm. later on, <laughs> which explains even more of why nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was just like going through the motions. I was like, okay, maybe my body needs to rest. Like, maybe I just get it and things are going to happen. I was very upset because I wanted no interventions. My husband's like, just do it, Sabrina. You've been at this a long time. So they come in. It's like 3.30. And at this point, I'm throwing up, which I was like, Mm. this is transition. It Mm. wasn't. (laughs) I was just tired and sick. Exhausted, Yeah. yeah. They're like, okay. They give me the epidural. And I was like, okay, I feel good like i'll just hang out and rest a little bit yeah then again nothing happens like i thought i would get some rest and things would keep progressing fast and uh that was not true so we were still eight at about 6 p.m and my midwife was like okay so if your waters did break at 3 a.m you are coming up on a time limit here Were you showing any signs of infection? Nothing. I felt good. His heart rate was good. I was just tired and emotional at that point. And she's like, we have to call in an OB. And I was like, Mm -hmm. "Um, okay. So she comes in and she's like, you have options. I was like, all right. She's like, you have an option to have a C-section right now. And I was like, okay. She's like, or you have the option to start Pitocin. And I was like, I really don't want that. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't want it. And um, I cried about it for probably an hour. And he's, my husband was like, this is a different birth. This is a different baby. Mm-hmm. If it goes wrong, they can still take take the baby out. And I was like, okay. And the, the OB warned me. She's like, if you start Pitocin and he gets down into the birth canal and it's coming out, you cannot go back and have the C-section. Like, you will be birthing this baby. And I was like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> so I mean, if something went awry, like, yeah. they totally could. They but. would, but she's like, you're not, you're not getting all the way there, and then tapping out. And I was like, it's not really tapping out, but whatever. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that they said that. Yeah, and then she told me she's like, I do have a high rate of forceps, and I was huh. like, okay, I appreciate the the like honesty. a high success rate, or sh- they use them all the time. She uses them a lot. That's interesting. (laughs) It was. And I was like, okay. She's like, what are your hard no's? And I was like, well, I would not like forceps and I would Mm -hmm. not like an episiotomy. And she's like, okay, but like, if you need it, will you accept it? And I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. obviously I put the safety of my baby. That over a C-section. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So we start the Pitocin at about 8 p.m., and I was like, okay, here we go. And they're coming in every half an hour, doing it up. She said she had no limit on how much she would give, even with a previous C-section. I guess some OBs have a limit. Yes, they yeah, do. She, yeah. she, she said she didn't. And I was like, interesting. okay. okay. Um, she's like, if you want to do this, like I am game like to do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So we started Pitocin. Um, she comes back around 10 and she's like, you're still only eight centimeters. So I've been on Pitocin for two hours now. This is seriously a positional (laughs) issue here. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, okay, let's check him. And then she's like, oh, I think he's ace in clinic. And I was like, could we have not like discovered this hours ago? Yeah. This morning. And she was like, so try the peanut ball some more. I was like, she's like, if he doesn't move in two hours, you're having a C-section. And I was like, okay, like fine so we're going at it i'm on the peanut ball i'm switching positions i must have had like a pretty decent epidural because i was able to do this all on my own um my nurse checked me at like 11 30 she's like you're nine and a half and i was like what like like i think it was changes yeah (laughs) she's like your mindset this position keep going i was like okay i can do it and then midnight rolls around she checks me she's like you're 10 centimeters I was like, mm-hmm. we did it. We made it. Now this baby is being born. It is now two days later. Here we go. Like, yes. <laughs> like my appointment was on Wednesday morning. It is now Friday morning. Let's let's get it. And I was pumped. I was I'm ready to start pushing. Mm-hmm. Great. So they kind of gave me guided pushes to begin with. And she's like, okay, you have it. You're doing great. Keep going. The worst part is in between every contraction, I had to throw up. Oh so, yeah. So my husband's like holding my leg while I'm pushing. And then he immediately puts my leg down, has to grab a bucket between every single one. There was no break, but I hadn't been eating because. Because of course they don't like me. It's been two days. I I'm just, yeah, it was rough. So he makes a joke of it all the time that he was just like, that he was the nurse. He was like, I pick up her leg, put her leg down, grab the bucket, put the bucket down, grab the leg. (laughs) (laughs) And so pushing comes up 2 a.m. She's like, okay, well, you're not like you're pushing effectively, but nothing's really going on. Mm -hmm. You're coming up 24 hours on a broken water. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, just give Mm -hmm. me give me more time. Like, I just need. And again, no signs of infection, correct? Nothing. Like, like, 
yeah, you have 24 hours, but baby's fine. Like, there's zero signs of infection. Yeah, there's zero signs of infection. His heart rate hasn't dipped one time. Like, he, they were saying his heart rate was too perfect. And I was like, okay, well, keep so it It doesn't way. really need to be a conversation. <laughs> Women of strength, just listening to that, like, like, taken to know, like, other things. If infection is coming into play, then okay. But, yeah. Yeah, just but, keep- like, that just caused stress on you that you didn't need. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think they were just saying it to say it at that point like mm-hmm. nothing was wrong so then i continue to push and it's coming up 4 a.m so i've been now pushing for four hours mm-hmm. and i'm so tired i've been up for over two days like literally over 48 hours i've been up at this point and i've had contractions for 48 hours like <laughs> non-stop no breaks and i'm looking at my husband and i'm like i can't anymore like i my body can't push like my muscles are weak yeah i tried pushed all the pushing positions like with your legs up on your back i tried the squat bar i tried with a sheet i tried over the back of the bed like mm-hmm. i've tried everything and i can't i can't do it like i'm literally saying to him like i can't do it i have no strength left my body mm-hmm. is quivering i'm bawling my eyes out and he looks at the nurse he's like call the ob like like she can't, you know, like what is she supposed mm-hmm. to do? Keep going. And so it takes her a while to get there, obviously, because everyone else was having their babies. <laughs> but <laughs> She comes in and she's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, you just need to get the baby out. Like, I don't care what it is at this point. Take the baby I'm out. So exhausted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like I was crying. I wasn't even upset about anything, but I was just crying because I had no control over anything at that point. Like my body was tired. My emotions were tired i hadn't slept and she's like do you consent to forceps and i was like i consent to whatever you need to do <laughs> to get him out so then she was like hey i want to do some guided pushes to see if i can help you and i push she's like your pushing is really good so something is just not letting him come through and i was like oh, did she okay. do any like feeling of the head at that point internally yeah yeah she was and then she was like i have to go in further to try to turn him a little more, turn the baby a little more. And Mm -hmm. she tried to stick her whole hand in. And I remember the feeling like, I was like, whoa, 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 stop. Like, this is so Mm. painful. And she's like, well, you can't use forceps if you can feel that. And Mm. I was like, oh my goodness. So then they had to wait, call the anesthesiologist to get a top Mm. up of fentanyl or whatever. Epidural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, She comes in, she's like, okay, we got about like, 15 minutes before this isn't as strong are you ready and i was like i guess so she's like just because you have the medication doesn't mean it's gonna feel good (laughs) yeah okay she's like it's a lot of pressure and i was like okay i'm trying to birth a baby it's a lot of pressure already like yeah you know (laughs) and she's like okay so she sticks them in i was it was not great like it was pretty awful feeling but she only had to pull twice so she mm. puts it in, pulls once, doesn't do anything. She's like, okay, push really hard. And then all of a sudden he's, he's born. Mm. Um, and I remember just like the feeling, all the pain like went away, all the like hard, hardness of the birth was like, was gone. I did have to get an episiotomy and I did feel her cut. She didn't tell mm. me she was doing it, mm. um, but I felt it. And that was hard for me because I was just like, I don't like, I didn't want that, but yeah, 
at that That's point, you, you have nothing left and you're just getting that baby out. And uh, yeah, he was born at 4.49 um, in the morning after 49 hours of labor. Mm. And uh, he was perfectly healthy. A big boy, eight pounds, seven ounces. Mm. Um, yeah, and everyone thought I was going to be a girl because boys' heart rates are wonky usually. Um, and girls aren't. And girls like to talk on the phone. So they're acing clinic. And oh, that's aren't. hilarious. I've <laughs> never heard of that. Yeah, that's what the, girls like to talk on the phone. So they're, they come out acing clinic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the OB said, the midwife said, the nurses said. And then the OB comes up to me. She's like, those ladies going for VBACs, they're determined. They don't care what they, they're doing. They just want the VBAC and they'll do anything to achieve it. And she's like, and you did it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Wow, like that was really supportive of you. Obviously, I didn't get an unnatural no intervention or a natural or medicated, yeah, mm -hmm. no intervention birth, but I did get a V back. And then this is a funny part they're stitching me up. Obviously, I have my baby laying on my back and they have a mirror above mm -hmm. like my eyes so I can see yeah. what they're doing. I was like, oh. This is like a design flaw in this room. <laughs> I don't think everyone wants to watch. Yeah. How this I mean, is maybe baby gone. coming out. Yeah. But, about suturing. Yeah. I, and I didn't notice it was there till till they were doing that. And uh, yeah, he was healthy and everything was fine. Obviously, I had quite a bit of stitching. Mm -hmm. um, I had torn, plus she had to cut medially, so like to the sides. Mm. Um, Ouch. Yeah, it didn't feel good. And she like made a comment that she's like, it's just the skin that I cut. And I was like, okay, that huh. still sucks. But uh, yeah, he was born. And then the next day, we got to go home. And I was telling my husband, I was like, this is why people have four babies. Like, hmm. this is way better than a C-section. I feel great. No, I'm he, so happy. Yeah, he's like, what? I was like, I feel great. Like, I could do it again. Yes. Like, so to me, like, even though it was very different than I had planned, right. I achieved what I wanted and I got my baby. I got my V back and I birthed them myself. Yes. <laughs> And you, you made it through a really long, tough labor. And I yeah. think talking about, um, I want to kind of actually talk a little bit about assisted birth because this is actually a really great question to ask yourself as you're preparing for your VBAC. It be, and like something that we go through in our doula practice, um, asking yourself kind of what they said, like you have options, like there's a point where we can use operative you know, like vacuum or forceps mm -hmm. or go to the OR. And there are going to be pros and cons to both. And one of the cons can be, you know, damage to baby, damage to mom, yeah. especially pelvic floor trauma, things like that. And so you kind of have to weigh out your pros and cons there as well and decide that, you know, if that's acceptable to you or if a cesarean would be the better route at that point. And I encourage you to talk to your providers even before you go into labor about their method of assistance. And if you don't, like, so a lot of times midwif midwives aren't the ones doing like vacuums and forceps. They'll have like, just like in your situation, like an OB come in, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can talk to them and say like, 
who would be doing this and what is their method? Like, obviously this provider is like a very forceps pro yeah. versus <laughs> like prone to go to forceps versus vacuum maybe. And apparently uses them a lot. <laughs> um, so, you know, asking those questions beforehand so you can know, and then looking at the information, we actually have a blog, which we'll put in the show notes today, all about operative um, delivery and like the studies and stuff and the risks and the pros and the cons. Um, Cause I think that is a really important thing to know, you yeah. know, where you were at, like, you were like, I would rather do this than that. So, and like, and some people are different. Some people are like, I don't want to risk, you know, a force up or a vacuum and I'd rather have a cesarean. Um, so asking yourself those questions beforehand and knowing what your provider style is beforehand is actually a really, really good thing to think about yeah. in case you're in a situation like this. <laughs> Right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, and would you um, say it was, you would say it was worth it for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And baby um, was good. Baby was fine. I would do it again. And that's what my midwife said at my six week appointment. She's like, wouldn't it be crazy how you would feel if you didn't have that? And I was like, oh, I'm sure my husband would be going for a vasectomy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I would want all the babies. Like, it's just so rewarding if you have that goal in mind to achieve it. But obviously, like, I didn't get what I wanted, but I still had, like, the empowerment feeling of doing it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And and it's not that even that you didn't get. And, like, that's so hard. It's like, birth doesn't always happen exactly how we want it or envision it. There's some bumps and curves along the way. Yeah. But the mindset, right? Like, if we we can be in a space where we're making those decisions and not being told we have to do something. I mean, and Dr. Fox talks about, you know, talked about that on the podcast. Like, you know, sometimes a provider will come in because like, they're like almost obligated to say like, we need to do this. Like, you know, yeah. with maybe your first birth, like we need yeah. to go to the OR right now. Like, but then there's sometimes where it's like, Hey, like, this is what I would suggest, but here are the pros and cons and here are your options. But I think that there's something that is very empowering when a mom is able to really have some informed consent and make a decision that she feels is best for her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even if at the end you're begging them to take the baby out. Like, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would totally do it all over again. And even just what she said to me, like VBAC, women trying to VBAC are the most determined like you can do it. I was just like, okay, I can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And there is something unique about us feedback mamas where we have, we have this, I mean, we all have a mission to have a baby, but I think sometimes we have a mission to have a different experience. Yeah. Right. And we, we want something more and we're working hard and we're doing these things and we're eating the dates and we're going to the <laughs> chiropractor and we're getting massages and we're curb walking and getting our steps in and, you know, finding providers and listening to podcasts. We're doing all these things and we want to try to get, you know, what we're prepping for. And mm -hmm. that's okay. That's okay that you want that. Um, but there is some special determination, I believe, um, in the VBAC community, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today <laughs> and sharing your stories and huge congrats. Oh, thank you. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share to submit your story. 
For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.